Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a podcast from Bright City Church. For more information, visit our website, www.brightcitychurchuk.com or find us on social media at Bright City Church UK. Good evening. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us here on uh, Word Up at Bright City Church. Uh, my name's Ian. This is Ben, Hiya. my friend and colleague. And what else are you? <laughs> <laughs> do whatever you like, Pastor Ian. I'm here to serve. And he's serving on the NHS at the front line. Great job, Ben. And Pastor Akin is there in his usual home studio, um, bringing up the um, you know those nuggets from uh, from wherever you are. <laughs> great to have you, Pastor Akin. Thanks. Good to be here, Pastor Ian. Yeah. Hi, Ben. It's great to be with you all. Thanks for joining us. And we're going through. The Gospel of Mark. We've been having uh, a great time, and um, we're in chapter ten. And uh, I think we commented last time we weren't quite doing as. Now Ben's rejoined us, so there's three of us. So um, you know it's taking a bit longer, but it's even better and richer yeah, or, yes. for having uh, Ben with us again. Great, and thanks for joining Absolutely. us. We're picking up now from chapter ten in the Gospel of Mark, verse seventeen. We got to, and uh, I know we read through a fair bit of this last time, but I think it's good to go over the verses again and before we, we dive into them. So uh, without further ado, let's pick up. I'm going to pray, and then we'll pick up from verse 17. Lord, we thank you for your word, a gift to us, and we ask you now to illuminate it, bring it alive to every one of us as we study it together. Amen. Amen. Great. Amen. Okay, verse 17. <clears throat> He'd just spoken about, before I start, um, it, about, again, allowing the children to come to him. Mm. And now we're, uh, we're, we're on the way again. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honour your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Peter said to him, we have left everything to follow you. I tell you the truth, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age 
homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields, and with them persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. They were on their way up to Jerusalem with Jesus, leading the way, and the disciples were astonished, while those who followed were afraid. Again, he took the twelve aside and told them what was going to happen to him. We're going up to Jerusalem, he said, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later, he will rise. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What, what do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, let one of us sit on your right and the other on your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptised with the baptism I am baptised with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptised with the baptism I'm baptised with. But to sit at my right and left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave to all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Then they came to Jericho, as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, that is, son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside, begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Well, that brings us to the end of chapter 10. So let's see if we can um, go through the common, our commentary on those verses. Thanks for uh, following us, folks. So we come to the rich young ruler who ran, fell on his knees, it said, and before Jesus, I said, good teacher, how do I inherit eternal life? And, and Jesus said, first of all, he said, why do you call me good? So start with you, Pastor Akin, you know, pick up on this uh, particular incident. And I mean, you know, he, Jesus says only God is good. I mean, is he sort of, someone might say, ah, he's saying there that he is not God. 
um, someone might say, because he's saying, oh, why do you call me good? Only God is good. But anyway, yes. you pick up anything you want to on this uh, first scene. Yes. Okay, right, brilliant. Thanks, Pastor Ian. Yes, uh, you know, this just, I'm just picking up on what I've read um, in relation to this um, encounter, if you like. Mm -hmm. And uh, there were a, a number of questions that were raised. You know, first of all, like you rightly said here in, in the scriptures, he does say to the Lord, good teacher. And, um, you know, from the background of what I've read is that so that that, that particular, um, if you like, phraseology was, was it wasn't actually used for rabbis at all because it was um, supposedly to be used for a person who was totally sinless. So when he's coming to the Lord and he's calling him good teacher, there is, a, you know, there, there is this, um, from what I was reading, there, there was a query as to whether he, the man actually knew who, when he used that term, did he actually realise that Jesus Christ was actually the good teacher? He was actually a sinless person and that he was the son of God. There was, so, that, there, so that question was raised there, if he actually yeah. knew who Jesus was. And when Jesus posed that question to him, this is, why do you call me good? Only God is good. He wasn't actually saying, I'm not God. He wasn't denying who he was. But he was actually trying to find out if this man knew who he was. Yes, so yes. when he posed the question, he wasn't asking that question because mm. Jesus Christ didn't believe that he, he didn't know who he was. Or he was trying to say, I'm not God. That doesn't yeah. call me good. He wanted to find out because the man had raised, he had used that title to say, you know, you're, you're the good teacher. Mm. So Jesus was questioning him. Just, okay, what, why do you call me good teacher? Yeah. You know, what's the, do you understand, do you actually understand, do you know who I actually am? Mm -hmm. so that was why he asked him that question. Yes. So it wasn't that he was, he, he was confused or anything like that. No. Yeah. So there were two things here, if you like, that were highlighted in this encounter. One, did the, the, the rich young one, did he actually know who Jesus Christ was? Mm. Because it was only knowing, in knowing Christ who he is that he was going to know who he was and what he was supposed to do. So it, it's, it's this relationship thing again that, you know, the Lord is always going straight to the heart of issues when we, we're trying to, and, you know, this applies to us as well, doesn't it? When we're, we're trying to, if you like, outmaneuver, outsmart the Lord, we're trying to get something from him. We're trying to get some sort of, um, you know, affirmation, or we're trying, as we're resilient, we're trying to get some position from him. And we ask these questions and we say these things, like we've seen before when the scribes and the Pharisees were asking questions, mm. trying to make themselves look good or trying to trip him up. And Jesus Christ would just cut through all of that. He would just go straight to the heart of the matter and yeah. go straight to the, the issue that was really, really um, of concern. So in this one, he's asking the man, you see me called good teacher, but do you really know who I am? <laughs> yes, it's a bit like, who do you say that I am? He's asked that question yes. before, and wasn't it? Yeah, this is the key to, you know, it's recognising who Jesus is for all of us, isn't yeah. it? Uh, what what would you say about this encounter, Ben? I think Pastor Aiken's right in um, saying that Jesus was, was testing the mm. ground a bit because this man had come, uh, and he'd made quite a display um, yeah. he'd, he'd knelt before Jesus uh, oh, yes, and yes. he'd said, you know, good teacher. Uh, and it, it was quite a display of reverence. I mean, mm. you know, you look at it and it, it kind of goes to his credit, really, that this guy was genuine, that, you know, mm. he was a genuine seeker of, of what was what was uh, what his heart was kind of looking for, mm. really. Mm. He, he knelt, knelt before Jesus and, and I mean, in that culture, a rich young ruler with all the power, you know, kneeling before someone else is quite significant mm. in itself. But, um, you know, it, it showed his reverence, it showed his humility, it showed his, I think it showed his seeking heart. Yeah. Um, and it, like indeed, in Isaiah, it, you know, it says about for the Messiah, that to me every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess, confess in the Psalms, come let's worship and bow down, let's kneel before the Lord our maker. So there's all that going mm -hmm. on. So you're like, well, he's, you know, like Pastor Aiken was saying, was there mm -hmm. some recognition that was there and it seems 
there, there was. Yes, yeah. And Jesus was kind of, you know, mm. probing that. You yes. know, you call me yeah. good. Yeah. No one's good but God. And, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the question really is, are you, do you recognize that I'm God? That's you it. Know, that's, yes, that's, yes, the, yes, it's, that's what ah, we're looking Yes, so you're calling me good. Are you saying I'm God? Yeah. And, mm. uh, and then he, he's... He's he's actually being it seems open about his need you know he's he's rich he seems to and we'll hear that he's he's followed a lot of the the law as well and he says but but there's something lacking because he says what do I do to inherit eternal life so he's aware that he's he's there's something missing and I think um, what what would you say about that Pastor Rackin I'm, I'm yeah. sort of going <laughs> I hope this yes. is okay but I'm throwing you <laughs> little bombs. <laughs> Yes, no, 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 absolutely. I, I think he, he, he's being quite open and honest, isn't he? Because um, if, if he felt that he was, uh, he had everything that he needed to inherit eternal life, he wouldn't have asked um, the Lord that question. So he is being open. He is being honest. He said there is something that he he feels that's lacking in his um, his seeking of God, if you were, in the kingdom of God. And so he comes to the Lord with, with that with that openness. I think what's what's kind of as we're going to see what's thrown him is the response that he gets from the Lord. I think um, he he wasn't uh, anticipating that the the issue that uh, he had was it, the thing that he saw as a strength was actually a weakness and and which was his wealth and he didn't actually he was he was blindsided by that so when the lord comes to him and as we see later and asks him to give everything up he that's that's what blindsides him and i think it's um it, it, again we 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 look at this in the light of our own walk with the lord that sometimes we might be feeling that we've got certain you know i've got something good that i can um, i can offer the lord you know maybe he felt that he could walk with the, with the lord with the wealth and the wealth could help to to fund the gospel or to help in some way mm-hmm. and we come to the lord with sometimes with our strengths don't we think well i can you know i can make use of this i can do this for the lord i can do that for the lord and um, you know when we openly and honestly we are able to present our lives before god Sometimes he shows us things that um, we, we weren't expecting. Maybe the things that we thought were a weakness. He said, "Well, no, that's, that's something I can work. I can work through the weakness. But the strength that you think that you have—that that's actually a hindrance to me actually doing what I want to do in your life and for you to actually enter into the kingdom." And so um, that that was that was you know how, how I, I can see this um, you know the the, the 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 relationship thing working out here there's one it's whether the rich young ruler actually knows who jesus is and then secondly how is he going to actually know himself as well if he doesn't know the lord and so this is this is the i i for me that the playing out of the relationship thing it's all it's all again about knowing who god is and it's only in the light of that that we can actually know who we are as well and what we need and what we don't need in order to follow him Thanks. Great stuff. Yeah, it's interesting that also it seems like he'd followed, you know, all the commandments that Jesus actually read out to him. Uh, You know, he says, you know, the commandments. He said, all these I've kept. So keeping the commandments and keeping the law is not the way to salvation. In fact, we can't we can't keep the law by ourselves. You know, and, and Jesus showed that he says, you know, when you even look at somebody lustfully, you're committing adultery, et cetera, et cetera. And so, um, but but he, he's showing that the only way, you know, this, this didn't work for him. This wasn't um, mm. this wasn't um, getting him saved and filling the hole in his life. And uh, it says Jesus looked at him and loved him, but he he, he, he nevertheless uh, does not hold back on what he needs to do. Oh, that's it. It's like, almost like a tough love, isn't it? It's like yeah, you know. Yeah. If your heart, as we'll go on to see, you know, if if your heart is genuine, if you really, you know, mm. want this, 
um, let's see where your heart is. Um, uh, you know, and, and it's, you know, when it, when he challenges him, it's almost, uh, it's kind of letting him know that this might, I'll tell you the worst now, you know, because you, mm. you follow me. The potential is, you know, through tri tri trials and tribulations, um, you might lose all that anyway. You might, you know, be forced to lose all that if you follow me as, as, as the Christ. Mm. You know, so I'm going to tell you the worst now and then I'll see where your heart is. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's... Uh, yeah, there was, there was no shortcut. He loved him, mm -hmm. but he wasn't saying, oh, you know, this guy loves me and I, lo I really love this guy. He, he's a genuine seeker. I'm going to I'm gonna get him in. I'm, I'm going to make sure, you know, I'm not going to make it too hard for him, but he, he's absolutely straight. He's tough yeah. love, as you said. Look, you know, you're holding on to all that wealth and it's, it's a barrier for you following me because he, he says, go, you know, sell, give it to the poor and then follow me. It's about following Jesus. It's not really about the wealth so much. The wealth for him was a barrier to following him. There's, um, I, I think we need to just uh, maybe touch on this for a moment because Jesus goes, goes on to say how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. So, and, and um, you know, the disciples say, well, can any of us be saved? You know, who then can be saved? Um, not that they're all rich or anything, but um, what about this sort of wealth being, you know, does, is Jesus saying that if we're wealthy, it's, it's hard to enter into the kingdom of God? Because I would ask the question, I think people listening, I mean, it made me think of the comparative wealth of us Westerners. Uh, in, in, in the civilization that we live in right now, you could say, you know, the statistics might say that we're in the top 5% in the world. Um, I, 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 I haven't looked up the, the exact statistics, but I know we're very high hmm. and surprisingly high in terms of, you know, you, you think of the kind of life that we lead. We want for very little, don't we? Practically and materially. It's all at our fingertips. There's food, there's drink, there's comfort, there's new clothes, there's cars, everything we have. I mean, is, is Jesus even saying to us, look, when you're surrounded by all these trappings of wealth, um, be careful uh, because it can actually be a hindrance to the to trusting in God, to walking with God, mm. to relying totally and fully on God in life. Because you know what do we need? Uh, what do you need, Ben, in your in your life? Have you got it all? You've got a beautiful wife, two girls, a lovely house of your own, a nice car, very nice car, <laughs> nice job. You've got lovely food on the toe. Every time I come round, there's always offer. You, you see what I'm saying, friends? I mean, what, what's your take on this? I think I'll be around for a meal, Ben. Uh, I'm just telling you, you've got lovely food at home. Yeah, round to Ben's yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. No, 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 that's absolutely past, um, past the win. I mean, it's, it's like, again, you can see that, um, you know, the Lord is, is contrasting the, the, you know, the child that he mentioned, which we, which we spoke about last year. So I said last year, last week. The child who he says he brings to the, into the business. So that, like you've got, for, in order for you to enter into the kingdom, you have to be like this child. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I'm not just look, we're not looking at. I don't think we're looking at a ten or eleven year old. We're looking at maybe a two, three, a little, a toddler that he brings and is able to, you know, to sit this child on his knee. And it's like if you think of a child who is that young, how they totally depend on their, on the, you know, on their parents, or they totally depend on any adults taking care of them. 
and then you, you, you and there's a contrast between between that child and this rich ruler who like you've more or less said has got all of these if you like his material and financial needs are taken mm -hmm. care of so why should he need to depend on on god the same way that that child would and um in, in, in talking about the the wealth as well i know the, the commentary that was written that did actually say exactly what you've just said that we might be looking at this rich man and maybe we'll be, we'll be thinking of him in terms of being a millionaire or a billionaire. But he was actually saying that in today, in, in, in the, the kind of life that we live right. now, yeah. most of us are actually much more better off than he would have been in terms wow. of having, yes. you know, his comforts met in, in yes. terms of the type of houses that we live in mm. and the kind of jobs that we have and our life expectancy, et cetera, et cetera. So we're actually, we, we, even though we might not consider ourselves to be rich, we have a, a, a higher standard of living a better uh, lifestyle. And yeah. so there is that you you're, you're actually right. There is that warning there that mm. um, we shouldn't kind of like uh, try to disengage ourselves from this um, this rich young ruler and say, well, I'm not a millionaire or a billionaire, so this doesn't apply to me. But yeah. it's actually what we are prepared to give up because uh, the, the, again, the commentator was saying that how these comforts sometimes they can be a hindrance to us actually following the Lord. You know, yeah. you know, having the nice house and having a good job and your car and yeah. not your, you know, going on a holiday. Mm. Not that not that in, in and of themselves any of these things are bad, and not that in of themselves God doesn't want us to have those things. But when they stop us from following Him, mm. when they stop us from and in this case, yes, it was an actual following the Lord physically, but in this case, it is doing the will of God, isn't it? When those things mm. stop us from doing the will of God, when we when we you know we value these things more than we value doing God's will, that's when they become a problem. When we think, oh no, I can't really go to the prayer meeting, even though God is saying to go because you know I'm at home now, it's nice and warm, or you know <laughs> it's, it's comfortable. I want to watch this program or that program. I've mm. got to take care of my car. I've got to take care of my this and my that. And those things suddenly they start to crowd out our ability to do what God wants us to do. That that's when we, we, we have problems. Mm. Yeah, something a healthy uh, attitude to to money and wealth, I think, because I was kind of asking the question having looked through this and, and seeing the general trend of teaching about riches and money in the Bible, it's it's definitely, I, I kind of was saying to the Lord, you know, well, how, how should we be then? And it really is having that healthy attitude to money. Money's not wrong. It, it doesn't say um, money's the root of all evil. It's the love of money that's mm. the, the root of all evil in the scriptures. Yeah. And it's having that, uh, that good attitude to money uh, in a sense, like you were saying, Pastor Aiken, that it, it's, uh, it doesn't, overall your commitment to god um and I, I was thinking you know i think um the way we understand modern modern tithing uh in in our churches the way we practice it you know our our, our practices uh from acts that we share everything with other believers and for me that that includes the tithe um and the offering mm. um and you know we we take the uh, take the figure of 10 percent, and that I think that's a good way to kind of keep your attitude healthy towards towards riches, towards mm. earnings, um, because you know if you're always pursuing it. And I ask myself this question because you know there there are periods where I've worked a lot, and it, it sometimes it's to get by, sometimes it's just to to feel secure. Uh, and there there it is, you know, putting my security in in earnings and and my ability mm -hmm. to to generate riches. Um, maybe rather than the Lord, and there is a balance there to be had. Yes, uh, yeah. You know where you you're relying on yourself a bit, and to the cost of, of other things in yeah. your life. Um, you know, there, yeah. it's not to say you know that riches are, are bad. Um, 
But there, there mm. is a very real, and I mean, uh, interestingly, Simon's uh, put the comment about rich Christians in an age of hunger. It's a book. He says it's a must read for all believers. And, and you know, there there is a voice speaking to, you know, the, the us rich Western Christians about, you know, the, the real handling of our wealth. Uh, hands up, all of us. I, I think we do need to listen carefully. I think of the book that you brought to me, K.P. Johannan. It's right on <laughs> yes, this yeah. very, very, um, do you remember the title of it, Ben? Because you brought it to me in the hospital. And I mean, it impacted me radically. And uh, so, yeah, take people a book and encourage them. You never know how you might influence them. Yes. But, so, um, Pastor, yeah. can I just mention just one oh, other please. thing, Pastor? Yeah. Also about the, about the culture, because, again, look at that. This is why the when we read it, why the disciples were amazed and, the, and they were yeah. you know, somewhat perplexed when the Lord yes. says, you know, the rich cannot enter the kingdom. Mm. Just as that's because in, in their culture at that time, they, they saw wealth as, as a sign of, uh, you know, God's favor and God's blessing. Got and you. so that there yes. was also that. And, and I guess we need to be careful of that in the church as well Very that we don't true. get into this um Absolutely. teaching of seeing that you know material and financial blessing or wealth is a sign of um you know that, oh yeah that person is doing well because you know they're rich or they've got this thing they've got that because the lord you know he came against that was why he, he made he's actually said it twice yes. as he rightly yeah. said he said he mentioned that twice how hard and how you know how difficult it is for the rich to enter us to emphasize you know and to come against that um if you like that cultural belief that existed Absolutely. at that time Yes, he says it twice. Like you said, Pastor Greg, he's very strong on this. He says, children, again, how hard it is. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. I think he was very serious on this point, and, and that's why we're kind of laboring on it a little bit, and uh, rightly so, though. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's something we need to be very careful of. You know, the, I, I think of a phrase, it's in the Scripture, the deceitfulness of wealth. And we've got the love of money. These things can, we think of, you know, the even the parable of the sower. And you think of the cares of, of the, we could say the cares of wealth and the world, you know, coming up and, and choking our spiritual life. Anyway, we better move on. But the great thing is Jesus finishes off there and says, yes, look, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. But um, just to summarize this rich young guy, you know, he, he walked away sort of crestfallen. He, you know, he'd, he'd fallen at Jesus. Mm. He'd, he'd fallen on his knees. He said, good teacher. He seemed to almost recognize him as the son of God. And yet he would not obey. He would not, you know, when the, when the rubber meet the road, he wanted to have his cake and eat it. He wanted to tag Jesus onto his life. And rather than, you know, to forsake all and make Jesus Lord. If Jesus is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. You may have heard that phrase. I'm sure you have. Uh, and forsaking all, I take him. That's true faith. F-A-I-T-H. But yeah, we can't just tag Jesus on to our lives. We can't follow him on our own terms. It has to be forsaking not my will but your will i make you lord there's that humbling of ourselves totally and then 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 we will come to it he says look you will not lose out as we trust him and jesus said i'm sorry peter runs up and says hey we've left everything to follow you look at us oh yeah and um and jesus said you know he doesn't rebuke him for saying that but he says look no one who's left family relationships Wealth, even because he mentions fields, will fail to receive 
and he doesn't say fail to receive it back. Whatever you lose, I'll give it you back. He says we'll fail to receive it a hundred times more. And we might say, yeah, yeah, that's what we're looking forward to. You know, when we get to heaven, we'll get a hundred times more. But he says a hundred times more in this life, in this age, um, you know, never mind and eternal life. So what do you make of this? How do we, how do we say, you know, receive a hundred times more in this age? That's what Jesus said. I mean, I, I can remember sort of, you know, my, my kind of family saying, you know, you've lost your mind. You know, don't talk to me again sort of thing. We went through some difficult. And yet, you know, Jesus is saying, look, if, if that happens to you, I'm going to give you back a hundred times more of a family. I, I love my family and I'm in good relationship with mum and dad and always repaired fairly quickly. But this type, type of thing, what, what do you make of this? How do you receive, Ben, how do you receive a hundred times more in this life of all these things? <laughs> I guess is the, the question he's asking the, the rich um, people, isn't it? It's when he talks about going through the eye of a needle, um, you know, there's different interpretations of whether that means a gate in Jerusalem or whether we misunderstood the word for camel or cord to go through the eye of a needle. And it's basically, again, you know, how you, it, it's trying to conform yourself to the culture and the, the worldview of the kingdom, as we've kind of explored in Peter, uh, and putting your faith, um, pro, you know, totally on the Lord and in that everything coming out from that towards riches towards you know jobs towards priorities mm -hmm. in the world and you know that's i guess what he's saying to the rich is you know for for the poor they haven't got a lot lot to leave and mm -hmm. they gain an abundance um spiritually and for the rich you know that pull of worldly things is a lot more because they've got a lot more um to exchange for the the unseen spiritual wealth um you know, and I think it, it, it's it's that challenge again, isn't it, to to conform your life to the kingdom mm. worldview, to the ki the kingdom priorities, um, and you know, we, there's so many good examples of that in terms of of missionaries we've seen who basically left everything, and I couldn't help thinking of of Matthew, uh, the tax collector, mm -hmm. um, co contrasted with the rich young ruler. You know, there's that that cartoon, um, the miracle maker. Where Jesus calls Matthew, and he's he's like the tax collector, earning you know illicit funds from skimming off the the taxes mm -hmm. for the for the Romans, and you know he must maybe he's rich, but he's miserable inside, and he just throws it all aside and follows Jesus, and you know just imagine if the rich young ruler had responded in the same way as Matthew, the tax collector, you know, mm -hmm. and, and cast that all aside to become that a powerful disciple as Matthew became. Yeah, you know, it's 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 the for me it's the priorities for me it's it's it, and I'm not there. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, really, I'm really not there. It's, it's well, all of us are being challenged by this. Mm. Yeah, yes, uh, well, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, yes. it's getting that that kid it, again and again. It mm. comes back to me the whole thing about Jesus preached the kingdom, didn't he? And mm -hmm. that affects everything. Yeah. What do yes. you think? Uh, I, I, yes. This thing about can we tag? You know, is there a danger even in in churches in the Western Church? I like to say where Jesus is kind of tagged on to life rather than yes. being Lord of all. Like, I mean, yeah. What do you think yes. about that? I, I think you know, Pastor. I think again, it's it's all, it's all about you know when we when we talk about this this relationship again about knowing knowing who the Lord is and calling Him Lord, like like just just like this rich young ruler, we do that, don't we? On a you know, on on a almost daily basis, we say Lord, Lord, but then he's oh, Lord, he's looking yeah. into our heart, isn't he? And mm -hmm. I think this is probably the the thing that um, 
distinguishes, as Ben Lightly said, that you know, you think of Zacchaeus when, when the, the Lord saw him up there and he says, No, I'm going to your house now. And he comes to his house, and the man is so excited, isn't he? So overwhelmed. And without Jesus even saying anything about his wealth, he says, Lord, if I'm defrauded, I'm going to give half of my. Lord didn't say anything about his wealth, but he made that decision, didn't he? He said, I'm going to give half of what I have to the poor. And if I've defrauded anybody, I'm going to give them back what I, get, what I stole from them, and I'm going to give him back fourfold. You know, he could see there that his heart had been touched by by that um, encounter with Jesus. Mm. So, it, it, and he had put Jesus first and yeah. straight away without being asked anything, he's already made that decision that look, I'm giving all, I'm giving half of this money away. And, uh, you know, he's made the decision. So it's not, as Jesus Christ has said, it's not impossible for rich people to follow the Lord or people that have things to follow the Lord. But I believe it's where, where our heart is. The Bible says, you know, where, where our treasure, <laughs> where our heart is, that's where our treasure is as well, isn't it? Yes. And so and if we treasure right. the Lord first and foremost, then everything else is like everything we have, everything yeah. we are, everything we own. It's like it's his. We, 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 we've now actually acknowledged that he is actually the Lord. And so anything that, that he has given to us, we, we believe that it's his. But if in our heart we've got something, it, sometimes it's not always money. Sometimes it could be a status. It Very could be a so. job. It could be all sorts yeah. of things that so we might true. treasure more than we, yes. we treasure more than yeah. the Lord. And, th and those things, whatever they are, mm. they'll always be you know, that hindrance. In the, in the same way this rich young ruler turned away sad, if the Lord asked us to give that thing up or not to yes. focus so much on that thing, yeah. it would have the same impact on us. Like you rightly said, Pastor, we can't be tagging that we can't tag the Lord onto any. He isn't going to be tagged onto anything. Yeah. He wasn't going to be tagged onto the rich young ruler's um, priorities. You know, he, he was the pro Jesus was the number yes. one priority. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he and no, and he lived that as we as we're seen as he's going to Jerusalem. He lived that. He focused on the will of the Father, and he wasn't going to be distracted. And, he, and we to follow him, we have to be like him, and we need his help to do that, mm. don't we? Yeah, when you were saying that, it reminded me, and my, I'm sure it probably did you guys. Um, many will say, "Lord, Lord." But, um, you know, I will say, I'm sorry, you know, I wasn't your Lord. I didn't know you. There's that um, real, you know, to make Jesus his Lord of all. Anyway, we better move on. Uh, we've, we've, we've touched on this quite a bit now. So let's, I mean, I mean, there is a phrase there at the end. Many who are first will be last and the last will be first. That's a very interesting phrase there and uh, could have different meanings. I mean, I think of, well, in the commentary I was reading, um, there was almost they were suggesting that this is a warning. So, you know, you might be first to believe you disciples, but some who are first will will be at the end of the queue almost because, you know, be careful. It's how you finish, not how you start. And so even those at the end, you know, they might um, be running with more zeal or whatever. So that's one interpretation, which I thought was was a decent one and uh, there was another one about it the the you you mentioned it earlier pastor akin you know the manager who has the the laborers coming at different times of the day and those who worked all day got the same reward as those even who joined <laughs> at the end of the day so we'll just leave it there with those two interpretations i think because we better move on um then it says they were on their way on to jerusalem and it says that the disciples were astonished and the others that followed were afraid. And uh, it seems like they sensed, wow, Jesus is heading straight in to a storm, almost like into the, the, the viper's nest, you know, of, of the authorities and whatnot. And so they, they were afraid. And, but, um, you know, he set his face like flint. He was going to, to his mission. And, and interestingly, he goes straight to them. And he said, yes, we are going to Jerusalem. 
So he kind of confirms it. We're going to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be betrayed. He says it to them, but to the chief priests, he'll be condemned, handed over to the Gentiles. And he even says they will mock him, meaning mock me, spit on me, flog me, kill me. And three days later, I will rise. He says it there. So he's he knows exactly what's going to happen to him. It's mm. pretty... Uh, yeah, yeah. Amazing. He's, he seems to be... Um, really emphasizing the cost uh if you look at uh this is like yes. the, the third yeah. time he talks about he, what's going to happen to him and I, I tried to look at the other times and, and, and see what was going on around it mm. and it always seemed to be um like he'd do a miracle like he, he healed the blind man at Bethsaida and the boy with the unclean spirit and then he spoke about you know what was going to happen to him he was transfigured, and then he spoke about what happened to him. Pete, it was Peter's confession of who he was, you know, recognition of you are the Son of God. And then he, he spoke about, you know, what was happening. And then we just had the thing about divorce and money, teaching, kingdom principles. And then he talks about, you know, what's going to happen to him. Mm -hmm. It's almost he's saying, you know, this is the cost of what it is to mm -hmm. reveal the truth and the glory of God to a dark world. You know, this is what's going to happen to me because I'm I'm bringing the truth to darkness. I'm um, I'm giving myself uh, to to redeem the world and reveal the truth to the world. And this is what it's going to cost. And you know, in some ways, you know, this is this is the cost of of discipleship. Yeah. Um. Even for us these days, you know, when we stand for the truth. Uh, when we, you know, try and live our, our lives in, in certain ways, um, it, it's looked upon as odd almost. And, you know, again, go back to Peter, he talks about us being pilgrims. You know, this is not our home. Mm -hmm. We're people of the kingdom now. Uh, and we follow, uh, you know, another master who, who did the same. You know, he lived for God and he lived righteously. And there was a there was a cost, you know. Yeah. And there there is a cost to Christians. It's, uh, it's great. Um, you know, riches and spiritual fulfillment and reward, you know, uh, at the end of our lives and, and faith that enriches our lives. But there is cost to mm -hmm. the Christian faith. And I, I, mm. I, I kind of saw that, you know, every time we talked about it, it seemed to be after he'd, he'd done something to reveal the kingdom, you know, and then said, well, this is what it's going you know, it's, it's to cost me and you and, mm. and all that follow me. That's great, Ben. There is such a, a strong theme of the cost coming through, isn't there here? Absolutely spot on. You think of the cost to the rich young ruler to follow. And, um, you know, the, there's a promise of incredible riches, like you say afterwards, but you, you do have to pay the price first. And now he's talking about the price he would pay. And then we're going to come to you know, the, the um, disciples say, oh, you, you know, we, you said we could ask for anything. Let me sit on your left and my brother on, on your right. And he said, again, this theme of the cost, you don't know what you're asking. Do you realize the cost of following me? And so, so this cost issue, I mean, I thought um, the price was paid, you know, that Jesus had paid the cost. And, you know, why is there a cost for us, I mean, there again is a, a hard question, um, but but you know there there is a cost, and what what is the cost? Let's think about this just for a minute. What what do you think, Pastor Akin? Um, hasn't he paid the cost, paid the price? What why is there a cost for us? I thought he'd paid it. It's the, a strange yes, he, way to absolutely. frame it, but I'm just um, yes. so we can, we can kind of <laughs> grasp this uh, idea of a cost. Yes. I think it's very important. Yeah. 
he he absolutely has um, paid the price. He paid the cost. Uh, he with his own life, which he freely gave up. And there is there is no uh, there's no substitute for that. And there is no work as um, Porcel that could come to complement that or to add to that or to take away from that in any way. That's the, the full cost, the full price for our salvation, Fantastic. for our eternal life yes. has been paid by him. And yeah. no, nobody else can, uh, there is no one else that can um, take that place that he has taken. The, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if anyone's watching, anyone's listening, you know, that that is the, the, the reality of, of the gospel without Jesus Christ. And that's why we were, we, were, we were talking earlier about not being able to tag anything on to yeah. him or to try and put him, you know, he has to take center stage because he had played that price and he has paid that cost. And uh, in terms of us being his disciples, that's all, if, if it's it's what um, Paul called it, the fellowship of his suffering. Yes, we you know we walk we, at the same way that the Lord went through the suffering, but it didn't end there because he did say at the end, he said, on the third day, the Son of Man will rise again. So he's, he's, he's not, it doesn't end with the, the pain and the suffering and the mocking. No, there is a resurrection that comes after that. Yes. And yes. Uh, we're, we're, we're just following in his footsteps, aren't we? Yes, there, yeah. there is, like Ben rightly says, you know, whenever we take a stand for what's right, for the truth, there, there is always a cost to that mm. for, for taking that stand. But it doesn't end there. That's always the great thing. It's not going to end with, with that cost or whatever loss that we might suffer here. Uh, on earth there, there is always going to be a reward at the end of it and um you know paul described it as if we if we want to partake of the uh, the power of his resurrection then we also have to uh, endure the fellowship of his suffering yeah. and so in one sense yes he has paid the price everything's done and, that, and that's why it's settled however as we all know he's given it it's, it's it's an opportunity isn't it for us to um to partake of what he has gone through because that that is where we we um you know, we, we, we have that fellowship that we're talking about here, yeah, that relationship we that we're talking within, about. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. That is, it, it's, it's a bit like if a member of, of, as Paul mentioned a number of occasions when he was in prison, there were those who uh, continued to identify with him while he was in prison. Yeah. Uh, they, they came, they shared in his suffering mm -hmm. or whatever he was going But there were also those who rejected him. And, um, you know, it's part of being in this family of God, being part of the kingdom, that we are following in the footsteps you know, of, of our master, we're following it in the footsteps of the Lord. And so, yes, to reiterate, he has paid the cost and that whatever it is that we go through in life, it's never going to be anywhere near what he has gone, what he has given up for us. You know, this That's was the, right. the sinless son of God yes. who came yeah. to suffer at the hands of those who he had created. It's the words of a song. But we, we're never going to go through that. Yes, there, there, we, we have this cost here and there. You know, people reject us. People, um, you know, might mock us. People might, we might lose things. And there are, yes, there are people who we, we have to, we have to acknowledge that there are people in the world today whose lives are at risk because they are following yes. Jesus. Yeah. And, and many have been martyred and yes. will continue to, mm -hmm. to be martyred. So we're not, we're not trying to... Um, in any way diminish that sacrifice yeah. that they've made yeah. but the, the, the but the reality is still there that the cost that he has paid it's it's uh, it's sorry the cost that we pay for following him is nothing near the cost that he had to pay for paving right. the way for us to follow yes. him yeah yeah jesus said and john i was going to say if the john uh, 15 18 if the world hates you know that it has hated me before it hated you mm. and he goes on and on and, and talks about you know the challenges of, mm -hmm. of discipleship but then he, he promises the Holy Spirit uh, and talks about, you know, I'm sending the Holy Spirit as your helper. I'm sending the Holy Spirit as your advocate, mm -hmm. as your comforter, as, your, as, as the power yeah. to, to live this out, even, even in the darkness, you know, of the world and, mm -hmm. and the unbelief and the, and the persecution.
uh, of sending you the Holy Spirit. Yes, that that's uh, the cost of identifying with Christ. Being we're called to be witnesses, aren't we? And um, you know, you can't be a secret witness. You can't be a quiet and hidden witness in a sense, because you know, there's something about confessing. Yes, I follow Jesus. Jesus is my Lord. If you confess that Jesus is Lord and believe you rose from the dead, you know, this is part of, of our being saved. But there's a cost because, um, you know, they hated him and the world and people in the world, as you're saying, Pastor Akin, thanks, really well explained. You know, they're, they're going to hate you as well at times. And so that is the cost. Great. Well, um, I think, you know, that's a, a real theme running through this chapter, the cost. And uh, it goes on to talk about, you know, can you drink the cup I drink? And can you be baptized with that same baptism? We're thinking of a, a baptism of suffering. And uh, he says, well, they, you will, you will drink this cup. And, and they did. And they did. Yeah. James was killed by the sword. John was exiled on Patmos. Right. They, yes, they yes. So out, all of know. the disciples, in fact, I think were martyred mm. to death. Um, bar uh, John was he was boiled in boiling oil but survived and um, but so yes there, there's a cost but um, you know it's nothing compared to the cost that Jesus paid and nothing next to the rewards that are ahead for us all so be encouraged friends um, <laughs> the, the cost um, you know he as, as Ben was reminding us the Holy Spirit will helps us Amen. and walks us through and doesn't give us anything to bear that we cannot bear this is the promise of god and so what whatever you're asked to go through on his behalf he says you know you'll be able to bear it just just trust me hold on to me i will give you and equip you with everything you need uh, for that uh, moment so thank you everyone for joining us um how have we done on the uh, verses? We've, we've not done that. We didn't get, didn't get to there. the end of 10, but uh, didn't quite get to blind Bartimaeus, but uh, maybe next week. Yeah. Thanks, Pastor Rackin. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor. Thanks, God bless. Ben. Good, good to see God you, everyone. Thanks good for night. joining us. And uh, thanks a lot, Ben. Thanks, Ian. Good to see you again. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.